Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 15 of the Success Series. I'm your host, David Berg. I'm here with our guest today, Elon Savir. Elon, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Elon is the founder of Elon Clothing, Elon International, grew the company from $0 to $30 million annually. Uh, we're in his showroom currently in Miami. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. If Thank you, you very much. Give us a high level, how you got to where you are today, and <laughs> just... Um, so I've been doing... Uh, I'm started this company when I was about 21. Um, that was about 34 years ago. Um, the reason I got into this business, a lot of people ask me, how come you, you got into this? Uh, it's very simple. Anybody that I knew that had money back in the early 90s uh, was in this kind of industry, either clothing stores or fabric companies or clothing companies. Anybody who's anybody uh, was part of that business. So I, I was attracted to that, you know what I mean? And I kind of placed myself working in clothing stores initially and uh, started connecting with some people that I knew that were selling us clothing at the store I was working at, getting to know them, and uh, slowly, slowly migrated to get a job with them and see how they're doing things. Um, and then quickly after that, I decided, you know what? Um, I'm going to make a few things and I'm going to go back to the type of stores. Back then, it was just beachwear and resortwear kind of stores. And it was kind of easy because everybody was Israeli and everybody kind of uh, knew each other. And, uh, you know, I was kind of an Americanized boy. So I had a lot to offer sure. some of these owners that, uh, you know what I mean, um, they, they were looking for good people to work with. And that's how it started. And um, at what point I made... I decided I'm going to buy some fabric. I'm going to cut up some dresses. Um, I named the company after me also because in the beginning I had like different partners and I, I didn't think that it was going to be long term. Okay. And the guy that inspired me, his name was Tony Raz. He had a company called Raz. And uh, I always identified the Raz clothing with Tony Raz. And I thought that that was a good thing. Uh, this way, if something happened and I move on, at least the, 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 the company is... Uh, identified with me and not some other you can leverage it for whatever else you end up so that was the reason i mean later i found out which i did not know i actually spell used to spell my name ila and i changed it to elan when i got my u.s citizenship when i was 18 but way after we called the company elon i found out that it actually is a real word that means style really yeah so it kind of worked out yeah it means style uh lovely liveliness there's it's 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 used a lot. Okay. Actually, in the fashion world, looking for uh, a designer with Elon, meaning with style. Incredible. Yeah. So it turned out. Yeah, it turned out quite good. Took about twenty five years to get a trademark on this name, so I was always running it with another name like Elon USA or something else. Right. But now we finally have it. We outlived everybody else. Um, so where were we? So started off, bought a few rolls of fabric. When I bought the rolls of fabric, I made a call. I asked, do you know who makes patterns? The person referred me to who makes patterns. Um, the person who made patterns, I asked them who can sew. They referred me to somebody who can sew. And that's how it started. And you learn the mistakes really quick. You know, there's a lot of mistakes you learn, but you learn them on a small scale really quick. Right. And we basically made, uh, you know, a couple of hundred dresses, put them in the car, drove up to Daytona, and started knocking on doors and... Sold them all back to, onto Fort Lauderdale. How many pieces was that? Yeah, maybe 200. You come back, you yeah. make another 
you get the money, you make another 400, you go back. And uh, did that for probably six months. And then it's like, it's funny because you don't know what you're doing. Right. But when you're doing it, people automatically start thinking that you know what you're doing. So it draws people to you. And it drew another company by the name of Surfstyle. That was my original partnership. Um, they were doing the same thing. They were just not women's. They were doing men's kind of shorts and jackets and, sure. and stuff like that. So they became my partner. I needed money. Uh, they needed some talent. And uh, it was a perfect storm. So I was kind of doing design. Whatever I was doing, I was doing for me and them. And uh, what they were doing, which was the accounting and the this and that, they were doing for them and me. Sure. And that's, it worked out great. Um, that partnership went on for a good 10, 11 years. Um, at which point they kind of were leaning more towards um, retail stores. And they, you know, and today they're hugely successful. They continued with uh, retail stores all over the country and built a big business. And I went on my own. And it, when I went on my own, they stopped their wholesale um, as well. And uh, I went on on my own with this um, and ran this for probably the same way as I was before, probably for the next five years. Okay. And then we realized that we're kind of limited. You know what I mean? We're, we're basically selling just people that are on the coast, you know, that are so on vacation. Almost just in Florida at the time. There was no... No, it was Florida yeah. or it was, it was coastal California. It was sure. beachwear in Jersey, but it was basically only summer-driven kind of business. Right. Right? So we said, you know what, let's attempt to move inland a little bit. And we started uh, about probably 15, 15, 17 years ago. So we started, we said, let's make a fall line. And we started doing that. And uh, you can imagine at that point, it's like we all of a sudden broke a whole new, like if you had 500 customers, now you could have 2,000 customers. Right. And what's funny was the people that were buying the fall and the winter, also in the summer, were buying the beach stuff or the resort pieces that were being sold only in the beach. Mm. And uh, that gave us a nice bump. But of course, with every, you know, with every growth comes new challenges. And again, we're not, we weren't raised in this business. We, we don't come with experience or whatever. So we're learning as we go. And, um, and, uh, but the, the, the thing is you've got to constantly, even when you're doing well, you have to constantly look at what needs to change because things are changing all the time. Uh, my theory is if you are, you know, if you're selling 10 million, unless you're sh doing something to make it 12, you're, if you start going down, you're going to die. Like you have to grow or you die. You, I mean, you yeah. could level off. Sure. You could hit a number level off year one, year two. But if you're not moving up, you're moving down. You're not going to stay here. Right. And uh, so I understand that what you're doing here is more for people to get an idea of, of how to start something. Because I think young people today don't see. Well, both. Yeah. Or, or maybe sh they shouldn't start because there's so many challenges, like you mentioned, associated with it. So. There, there is. Right. But again, my, like what I always try to tell young people around me is, Find an industry that you're, you like or you think you're good at or you're passionate about and attach yourself to somebody in that industry. Whether, whether you're working for free, which is an extreme, whether it's an internship, or but you have to put yourself in that proximity. 
So if you want to sell yachts, you're not going to go tomorrow and be a yacht, you know what I mean, broker. Go work for somebody in an office, make coffee, make whatever, and start, learn, you know what I mean, moving up from there. Same thing with a restaurant. You want to own restaurants all over Miami? Some people have that, you know, I used to have that dream. Uh, but start working in a restaurant. Start working as a waiter. Start become a manager. Become something. I'm not telling you this needs to take 10 years. But maybe if you have the job and you're a superstar in it, maybe the owner of the restaurant wants to expand and makes you an owner of the next restaurant. Right. So it's, it's important to put yourself in the environment, put yourself in the proximity, and be a superstar doing it. And a lot of people get trapped in this, oh, he doesn't pay me enough for this or that, and they end up, the somebody that just works and doesn't look sideways ends up partner or ends up, because every, every business owner, including us, you want to grow, and to grow you want, you need right people. And those right people need to make money too. So prove yourself in, in the industry that you want to be in. And again, it could be clothing, it could be restaurants, it could be uh, real estate, it could be cars, it could be whatever. There's so many things out there that really, and, and that not even necessarily need a college education. You just have to have a drive and a want and, and put yourself out there. You mentioned before we started the interview that if you're 20, 21 years old, your focus shouldn't be making money. Like that's the last thing you should be thinking about. Gain experience and where's your trajectory going? The scariest part is when you're successful at a job in your 20s that has no future. And I'll give you an example. I have friends that started off when we were young and making $2,000 a week as a waiter. As a waiter. As a waiter. I'm just saying, you end up in a high-end place or whatever. Sure. But what happens is now, at 25, he meets a girl. And now he has to get married. Right. You can't now, you can't take a chance now of making 300 a week or 500 a week for an opportunity. You have to keep working to pay your bills. Right. And then you find yourself at 30 and 35, and you're still a waiter. You know what I mean? Now, that's just an extreme example, but there's a lot of examples. You could be selling watches Right in New York, high-end watches making great money, or whatever. But unless there is a path to become a partner or an owner, or open up your own jewelry store or something, if there's no path, you're stuck. And you will get stuck because, you know, when you're young, you can risk it all; it doesn't matter. But when you're 35 and you have a kid and another kid on the way, you're stuck. You're, you're no longer that guy that can just you know, go off and learn something and do something new. You need to pay the bills. Right. So it's very important that no matter what you're doing, I don't care what age, I don't care if you're 16 and you're interning for somebody, make sure it's on the path of where you want to end up. Always look at where you want to be in five years. And and if five years you're going to be doing the same thing, making the same money, you, you uh, I don't care how much money you're making today, you need to drop that job. Wow. So how do you, especially in today's generation, I'll speak for myself, we see so much... You know, people are making millions of dollars trading crypto. It's a lot of it's noise and nonsense. How do you push? I'm that? afraid I cannot help yeah. you there because to <laughs> me that's like just complete. It's nonsense. Called, yeah. To me, yeah. I, I I can appreciate it. Um, even these things have turned into be you know, it, if it's too good to be true, then it's not true. It's not. Now there is cases of right. people that are TikTokers and sure. OnlyFans or whatever right. that are here making tons yeah. of money. Fine. But again, how, how sustainable is it on a long run? You know what I mean? And I'll tell you what is sustainable, uh, which is another good advice for young people, is not that I could have used that advice myself, but I didn't take it. 
But money you make in the beginning, you should live modestly and invest that money to make more money. Meaning if you make $200,000, dollars mm -hmm. Don't be driving a hundred thousand dollar car. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Take that hundred thousand, put a down payment on apartment or two apartments or a little multifamily home. Right. That thing. When you're when you're in your twenties, by the time you're in your forties, if you bought something every year, by the time you're in your forties, you own twenty properties. Those twenty properties are worth paid themselves out, right? Because you rented them, they paid the expenses of it. 20 years down the road, you own 20, 25 properties that are worth three, four times more, right? Bringing in an income, they're already paid for. You can depreciate them. You can do, you can do a lot of stuff where the car you bought for 100,000 when you were 20. It's not 20,000, right? It's not even 20,000. Yeah. It's probably in the junkyard and the clothes right. you, you, you had don't even fit anymore. Right. So meanwhile, the people that didn't have a nice car or the flashy watch or this or that at their 40s, they can afford the nice car and the nice watch and the nice everything. Right. And you can't because of how they, they manage themselves. So that's the biggest thing. Like really make sure your money is making money. And I can tell you 30 years, 35 years in business, there's more money always being made by a stupid investment that you didn't even think about that was made 25 years ago than all the work you've done in-, in, in Really? Yeah. yeah. Is there is there like a, a life example you could? There is there is life yeah. examples. I mean, there is life examples of my friends, and you know, I mean, I have friends sure. that that you know, they, like I told you, yeah. they used to work on the beach, at a store. We used to chase like as workers at being 17, 18, 20, We used to chase when the season was here. We used to work here. When the season was in Jersey, we used to go to Jersey because that's where you get paid the most. But some of my friends didn't chase the money. They stayed here and they worked. Instead of making a thousand a week in Jersey, they stayed here making five hundred a week in the summer when it was dead. But they built a relationship with the owner and with the neighbor and this and that. And slowly, slowly, they were able to open their own store with a party. Right. And they took that money and he made friends because he's here and nobody's here with the old lady who owns some buildings that will never sell, but eventually she wants to sell and but she likes him. And it's like becomes a thing. Yeah. And you bought the building to have a little business. And then that building becomes worth so much money you can refinance and buy another one. And before you know it, 30 years later, my, these friends of mine owned blocks on the beach. Wow. You know what I mean? The, and they, they had no vision for it early no, on. No, they, right? they had a vision. They, yeah. At some point, the vision comes. Okay. But there is a vision of impossible to do. And there is a vision of making it realistically. And realistically, you buy one thing that right. you can afford today. That will make you an income. You know, the rest is is up to Hashem, like they say. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you started in your career, obviously you're a very successful entrepreneur today. Did you know that you were going to be an entrepreneur? Where did that belief in, in being able to do it come? I didn't know nothing, dude. I just really? wanted I just wanted to make money yeah. so I can impress my wife yeah. and her parents. And you got married very young? I did. Yeah. Uh, well, I started dating when I was 19, wow. got married when I was 25. Okay. Yeah. I just had 30 years anniversary. So. Wow. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I just wanted to succeed in something. You know what I mean? There was no... Listen, if I had to do it all over again, what, what I'm telling you today is not yeah. advice that I had or, or took or... You know what I mean? Um, but I'm, I'm very grateful. Could have been more, yes, or whatever. But you know what? I'm very grateful... Um, 
I mean, to start something like this really from the back of your car in your parents' garage, right. and to be able to feed your family and, and employ hundreds of people, uh, you know what I mean? Completely. All over the, it's a, it's a, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's nice. Your family works in this business with you now? So my wife uh, works, uh, my wife Galit, she's been, she came into this business kind of when the kids were already a little bit older. Um, so I have three daughters, uh, 28, 24, and 23 very talented girls uh so they went to school they lived in israel they did their own thing um and when they moved back here when corona happened it's kind of uh, opened the door to a whole other world that their generation obviously is much better at just so happens there are three girls that are creative and know how to do social media and stuff like that so it ended up being kind of the perfect storm and uh so they basically managed that side. And that side, we started it in 2020, like towards the September of 2020. And it's been, uh, it's, it's been amazing. I mean, I mean, there's still a lot to learn there, but it grew from 1 million to two, wow. to three, to four, you know what I mean, in a matter of three years. So that that's a whole other story that has its own challenges. Sure. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of people think, oh, that's making so much money. It's not because a lot of the money goes to ads and, okay. and spending on, you know. But it, it is building a brand. It is building a customer base. It is building, you know, customers. I mean, it's fascinating. Like you wake up in the morning and uh, or you, you can look at your phone in the middle of the night. 2 a.m., some lady in Wisconsin just bought a dress. Wow. You know what I mean? And um, you asked me before about the retail store. So the retail yeah. store is a nice thing. Um, we thought to do like a franchise Elon store theme. So we have one store in Aventura here, um, which does just that. It's kind of like a concept store. Mm -hmm. um, it's good for us as a brand because you get to see your stuff in the store and how, how it hangs and how it looks and all that. Um, but when we do the online store, the online store does more before 8 a.m. than the other store does all day. All day, really? So, yeah. So it's a little bit, and really it's limitless. The, the online, I mean, you know, and I, and I really feel in the, the, the online expense is so expensive to, to, to get going. Uh, people think, oh, I'm going to make a website and I'm going to do it. But sure. a website is like a, a store in the middle of the ocean. And to get to people, it costs a lot of money. And I really think that only brands that own the brand, that go from manufacturing it to selling it, I think in the future we'll be able to survive because you can't otherwise if you're not if you're not selling something if you know the 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 ad spend is so much to get somewhere it's almost like you need to lose money to get to that place almost nobody just starts off making money no now you could yeah. if you have you know sometimes they have these one hit products sure you know what i mean like uh some kind of uh like uh, you, you see them because you get the ads for them right Something that inflates your car. It's a one, one, one trick pony. Yep. Uh, when masks were big, right. right? The mask. If you had a website with cool masks or whatever, Everybody's I know people that were right. selling four million dollars a month in masks. masks. Yeah, but now they have zero. Right. They have no business. So did this and then. It's <laughs> so if, yeah, but it's good. I mean, while well, you can do right. this. Right. If you could pull out the money, do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. so we're more of a steady cruising. Right. Than this. Right. You know what I mean? But you know, sometimes this is fun. It's too, nice but, too. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> 
so okay, so you got is is it still a thought? Can you see a scenario where one day there are a franchise? There's a franchise model. There are retail stores. I could see that. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, but bottom line, um, we're still evolving. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we're we're, and it's and this is a challenging business. This is not like selling a product that's the same product every year. Like my dream is to have a business like a whiskey. You sell the same whiskey. Just making the same thing over. Every year, yeah. yeah. Here, every year, it's like, not every year, every season, it's like you start over. Right. right. And it's very nerve-wracking. I mean, given you have your client base, you're not starting over from nothing. But, I mean, in this kind of business, you you if you have a bad line one season, the next season is not going to be easy. If you have a bad line a couple of seasons, yep. then you're done. Then people are really somewhere. Wow. I mean, I don't know about yeah. done, but... But you mean, can be, you can have a good brand, and then that's how brands typically fall off. Is that what it is? They, brands, yeah. yeah. Well, they fall off for a lot of reasons: right. mismanagement, bad ideas, uh, you know, not changing with the times, not bad service. But there, there is so many components. But again, for young people, don't wrap your head in in the in the nut. Find something that you're you're into, passionate about, and follow that course, and make yourself a five year plan. If I'm starting here, I could end up here. You can't be good at everything. You're not going to be an accountant and a designer and an employee and all those things. You're not. So if you know that you're the talent, right, you probably need somebody for the management part. And it might be good for you to either partner up with or at least hire the people that are good at what you're not good at. Now, I don't know how much you can do that when you're starting off. That's why I suggest, you know what I mean? Like the, the best entry way for me yeah. is entering an industry and growing with the people that are that you're working for. Becoming that superstar and eventually branching and, out. And eventually branching with them. Because there is already a system in place. It's a much faster route than trying than to. trying it on your own. It's like somebody told me once if somebody spent thirty years perfecting the, the best chocolate cake on the planet, right? Does it need to take you 30 years to make that cake? No. You can follow his recipe and you can make the same cake, right? right? You're not going to take you 30 years. It took him 30 years. But if he gives you the, 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 the manual of how to do it, sure. you can do it. Same thing with the business. So for, for a lot of young people we talk to, they have the option, go in the family business or take the path that you said, work for somebody else and work your way up. How would you advise them? What was your advice to your kids before they, they wanted to, to jump in here? So... Forget what I advised and what I did. But, oh, it was two different things? <laughs> I, if you have a good family business, yeah. I highly recommend you going into that business. But yeah, I would insist or highly recommend that you go out on your own first. The problem is if you go straight into the family business, you don't know what you're bringing to the table, number one. And you don't know what to appreciate or not appreciate about all the things that come with it and all the bad, all the good things and all the bad things. Now, if you go out, my oldest daughter went to work for, we actually started a company with her name. We called it Sen. Her name is Senaya. And we started a company in the hopes that she would go to school, come back, or want to be involved. She didn't want anything to do with it. Wow. So she ended up going to a journalism route in school. Okay. And then she moved to Israel. Her boyfriend was her husband now was going to medical school there and um, she worked for a company like a trading company like a stock trading crypto and all that 
and she did very well. She she was like moving up in the ranks and moving. And now, so when somebody goes through that and they succeed, first of all, they feel good about themselves. Second of all, they're coming to us with some knowledge that we don't have, you know? Because again, we don't have we don't have knowledge of young generation today. For me, you know, we used to hire people and teach them how to do things. Today, we don't do that anymore. Today, we hire people that bring something to the table. They cost more, but they're bringing in ideas instead of me giving them my shitty ideas of how to right. do things. Right. Yeah. So bottom line is, and, and it's been working very well, bringing in educated, work somewhere else, higher end. Have so same thing with your kids. I highly, highly suggest if you're the kid or if you're the parent, go out on your own. You know what I mean? And, and then when you come back, First of all, you're coming back more mature. You're coming back with something maybe you learned outside and you're bringing it here. You know what I mean? Uh, even if it's organization or how other people do it or you're learning something from somewhere else. But if you can succeed outside and you come into a family business, then you can just blow You'll, you'll, you'll thrive. Yeah. Now, some people just go into the family business um, and they don't really know their value or they think maybe their value is one thing, but it's not. Uh, and it could be challenging because it could, or it could be that the parents don't even know or the family doesn't know how to place them, so they just plug them in different things because they're not coming in with one position. That's why I got lucky because this position opened up. Otherwise, otherwise, what would I do? No, I, you know what I mean? Like what would I put them in a sales team, put them in a warehouse. Sure. You know what I mean? This kind of worked out because they're all talented in it. And, and they all... manage it almost exclusively themselves. Yeah, and each one does yeah. something else. One manages it. The other one is creative. The other one does social media stuff. The other one does photo shoots. They're, then they Don't work together. Each other. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have a friend, actually, who I'm going out to, who's a customer of mine, happens yeah. to be a friend of uh, my sister's and your father, and uh, I'm going out with him to dinner. Right. He's coming. He has a company, family business of over 120 years. Wow. Okay. They have stores. He told me something very smart. He said that for any one of their kids, whether it's his brothers or his or whatever, to come to work in the company, they need to go outside, work for two years, be successful at something else, and then they can come back. Right? Especially if they go work within the same industry. Like, you know what I mean? But if they get fired, they, the two years starts over again. Yeah. But I'll tell you what that helps. Let's say me and my brother are a family business now, right? Now, my daughters are going to have this family business eventually. This one has three kids. This one has two kids. This one has four kids. It starts becoming kind of a, a free-for-all unless you put some kind of a, you know, like you have to earn it. Right. So the fact that you have a family business doesn't automa is not a given that you can take it and, and you know, I mean, you need to earn that too. Right. But... The path, there's no better path than having a family business. I mean, you, you should be lucky to, to, you know what I mean, to, right. to be able to have and be able to do it. But again, uh, I didn't have any family business, so I attached myself to somebody else's family. Right. That's it. And you I became, became that family. Of, yeah, right. That's it. And sometimes you attach yourself and you're moving ahead much quicker than the, kid, even than the, than the siblings of, of, of the person you're moving ahead with. It right. happens all the time. I see it all the time. Really? Yeah. So it's yeah. not... Like, oh, I wish I had this or I wish I had that. Right. Your destiny is with you. Right. You know what I mean? Now, if you, if you have this gift of family business, great. Maybe your family business is too small for you. Maybe you're supposed to be, maybe your family business is this 
but you have potential to be Elon Musk. I don't know. Right. Maybe that's not for you. Yeah. But it, it's definitely a good stepping stone to have. Instead of just, yeah. All right. Absolutely. You mentioned destiny. Where does spirituality and, and your connection to God play a role in your business and your daily life? Hmm. Um, so we, my wife and I, 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 it's hard to wrap that together. Today, I look at things much different okay. uh, than, I, than I thought I, I knew before. So yeah, we were always attracted to spirituality. That's how we ended up in with the Kabbalah Center. Um, we kind of evolved over the years. Yeah. But there is core things that I definitely believe in. Um, for example, the tithing or giving, you know, and again, it doesn't, you can give it to whoever you want. Right. But there's definitely something about that that is a direct result of somebody's success, I think. Now, there's a lot of successful people out there that, maybe don't do that or whatever, but they might do something in their own way that we don't understand. But I do think, yeah, I do think there is a bigger picture and that we just play a little part in it. Uh, but definitely, um, we have to constantly be conscious of the fact that whatever we have or whatever we do is, uh, not necessarily our plan. Somebody, you know, it's Hashem's plan or you know, what you do with it, you know what I mean? Or what, what you do with the money you're making. Um, definitely, though, the giving back or giving to others, I think, is... Uh, our rabbi says nobody ever went broke by giving too much. I like that. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, very cool. And then just to finish off, what is what are things you do in your daily life that, whether it's working out, like you mentioned, you just came from the gym. Yeah. Do you meditate? Do you, what, are, what are some other things? No, but you, I should. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know more than I, I, I have more knowledge about stuff yeah. uh, that I should be doing. Uh, I just need the discipline. Right. But yeah, working out, uh, we have a great community that we're a part of. Sure. Um, I'm very into self-help and like Tony Robbins and things like that. I've been to many of these seminars. and There's always good knowledge out there. You know what I mean? Uh, books, things uh, that are, that, that, that really... When you read them and when you go to these seminars and stuff, some things you're like already doing and you didn't even know that that it's a good thing, like you know what I mean? Like yeah, and some things you just learn. And when you and when you do, like you said, the meditation. When I did do meditation, it was fascinating. Do I get, you know, complacent and and stop and right. that, yeah? But you know, life is kind of like a little bit of a of a race, and it's good to slow it down. That's that's great advice in and of itself. What is one last thing you want to leave our younger audience with? that you could tell yourself at 1920, whether it's business, professional, just to keep in their mind? So, like I said before, I think, I think young people today, they don't see a path. They think they need to get a job and make, you know, for Google and make a certain amount of money or whatever, which is, which is great. But if you have the dream of being your own boss and, you know, the, I tell you, the biggest gift of being your own boss for me is the freedom. Like, I... You know what I mean? If I want to go and take a trip with my family for 10 days, I can do it. I don't have to, you know what I mean? Somebody or... And plus, while I'm doing it, it's not like I'm not making income. You know what I mean? So that's the beauty. If you own a store, right? yeah, you can, you know, you dictate your own things and you're free to then take time to do other things with your money or whatever. So you're not stuck paying bills. Should still be open to... Small business. A small business will pay you very nice income and will keep you free to enjoy your family and to go to ball games with your kids and to do activities and to do things, travel and whatever. 
where even a good job, not always. Now, unless you're going for doctor or attorney or engineer or things of that nature, that's that's a whole different ballgame, and that's a great route as well. Um, finance, those kind of things, which, you know, you're not going to, you know, but, you know, those also have a path. Right. You know, you work in finance, you could have a path of owning your own hedge fund or your own right. firm down the road. But that's just a different approach. But for the ones that are not going to be one of those four things, um, that, you know, open up a hair salon or a thing, those are real things that make real money and people are going to need. You're not going to be doing your hair online anytime soon. So, you know, um, yeah, I, I would say don't be afraid. To that. And what's the worst that can happen? Nothing. If you're still doing it when you're young and you're able to do it, you have nothing to lose. So that, that's the time to do it. Time is not to fail as many times yeah. as you can now. Married with two kids and one on the way. Right. Yeah. So, Elon, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank, Thank you, you for your time, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you. And we'll catch you soon.